Greetings, fellow explorers, and welcome to the Lore Explorer podcast, where we talk about the lore and history of anything ranging from video games and movies to real-life figures and events. In this episode, we're going to take a look at one of my all-time favorite video game series, Uncharted. Harkening back to the action-adventure classics like Indiana Jones, Nathan Drake travels the world in search of lost treasure and ancient cities that have been lost to time. In this first installment, we're going to focus on the first game in the series, titled Uncharted Drake's Fortune, with the rest of the series and subsequent episodes. Just a quick word, if you would like to support the podcast, I do have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash explorer. For those who are unfamiliar, Patreon is a place to support content creators that have different tiers of contribution rewarding different perks. Any support is greatly appreciated, and it helps the podcast immensely. Alright, before we get into the lore of the game, I want to give a little background. Uncharted is an action-adventure third-person shooter. It was released on November 19th, 2007 by the developer Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog was previously well-known for games such as Crash Bandicoot and Jack and Daxter, one of my childhood favorite games. With the release of the PlayStation 3, the power was much greater than the PlayStation 2, giving more artistic and technological freedom to developers. It stars some of my favorite voice actors, including Nolan North, Emily Rose, and Richard McGonagall. Oh, by the way, check out Retro Replay on YouTube. It hosts Nolan North and Troy Baker, two of my favorite voice actors, where they play retro video games and just have an all-around great time. Anyway... Let's explore Uncharted Drake's fortune. The game opens up with Nathan Drake, the protagonist of the Uncharted series, recovering the coffin of his ancestor, Sir Francis Drake, which was cast out to the Pacific Ocean a little over 400 years ago. The recovery of the coffin is recorded by Elena Fisher for a documentary she's putting together about their journey. When Nate opens up the coffin, however, it's empty, save for a journal that belonged to Sir Francis Drake himself. It seems that he faked his own death, for reasons we'll find out about momentarily. The ship is then attacked by a rival of Nate's, Eddie Raja, and his band of pirates. A shootout ensues, and the ship explodes while Nate and Elena are rescued by Victor Sullivan, otherwise known as Sully, on his seaplane, infamously named the Hog Wild. Now to give some history on Sir Francis Drake. He was born in Devon, England, circa 1540, he grew up with a love of sailing and eventually made his first voyage at the age of 23 with his cousin, Sir John Hawkins. They made three voyages with his fleet, attacking Portuguese towns and ships off the coast of West Africa. They then transported slaves to Spanish plantations and the Americas until they were attacked by the Spanish in a Mexican port for the tension between Spain and England. They made it out alive but this is what sparked Drake's hatred for the Spanish that would last his entire life. After returning to England, he became a privateer under the blessing of Queen Elizabeth I. In 1572, he embarked on his first major independent voyage on two ships, the Pasha and the Swan, with a crew of 73 men to capture the town of Nombre de Dios in the Isthmus of Panama. He captured the town in July of 1572, which started his long career of raiding Spanish towns and ships. He is most known for being the first Englishman 
to circumnavigate the world in a single expedition that lasted from 1577 to 1580. Drake was knighted by Queen Elizabeth a year after he returned to England in 1581 due to this achievement. He even had a body of water named after him. The Drake Passage is off the southern coast of South America and connects the Atlantic and Pacific Ocean. Drake died of dysentery in January of 1596 after several attacks on San Juan. Although, in the game, he faked his own death to continue searching for El Dorado. Alright, back to the story. Once they were ashore, Nate examined Drake's journal with Sully. It's revealed that his last voyage was to find El Dorado, the last city of gold. Fearing that Elena's documentary could attract rival treasure hunters, Nate and Sully leave her behind on the docks to follow the clues of Drake's journal themselves. They follow a map drawn in the journal and travel to the Amazon rainforest, where they find ruins from an ancient South American civilization. Sully suggests it's Incan. Nate points out that it has to be at least 2,000 years older. I couldn't find any evidence of there being 2,500 or so year old ruins in the Amazon, so this might just be there to set up events later in the game. While they continue exploring, Nate discovers a hidden door into a long-forgotten temple. Spanish conquistador helmets litter the stone floor, suggesting their presence there long ago. These were most likely remnants of the expedition into the Amazon by conquistadors such as Francisco de Oriana. Oriana was a close friend of Francisco Pizarro, possibly even being related to him according to some historical accounts. Pizarro is most well known for his expedition that led to the conquest of the Incan Empire, where he captured and murdered the Incan Emperor Atahualpa. Oriana was the first explorer to navigate the entire length of the Amazon River. The river was even initially named Rio de Oriana. The armor found by Nate and Sully most likely came from similar expeditions. Continuing deeper into the temple, they stumble upon braziers depicted in Drake's journal that when lit, destroy the wooden rubble blocking the path forward. Nate and Sully eventually come upon a wall full of ancient writing and figures worshipping an indentation in the middle that would fit some sort of statue or idol. There are flakes of gold around the base, which leads Nate to the realization that El Dorado wasn't a city, it was a golden idol. There are tracks that suggest it was carried out on logs, and they decide to follow them. Now, no one really knows what El Dorado is outside of the game, whether it's a man or a city. The origins came from an initiation ritual performed by the native Muisca people of Colombia, ushering in a newly appointed tribal chief. The ritual took place at Lake Guadavita, near present-day Bogota. The chief, or Zipa, was said to be covered in gold dust, which he then washed off in the lake, while his attendants threw objects made of gold, emeralds, and other precious stones into the lake as well. The resulting El Dorado myth enticed European explorers for two centuries. Among the earliest stories was one told on his deathbed by Juan Martinez, a captain of munitions for Spanish adventurer Diego de Ordaz, who claimed to have visited the city of Manoa. The tale sparked intrigue, and after years of retelling, it eventually grew up into a fabled lost city of gold. Of course, it's never been found, but the legend remains to find its way into movies and games to this day.
Getting back to Nate and Sully, they continue to follow the tracks from the temple that led to an old rusty German U-boat that got stuck upriver decades ago. Sully stays on shore while Nate explores the U-boat. Strewn throughout are skeletons of former German sailors with pockets full of Spanish gold. How did they come across these coins? He arrives in the captain's quarters, where he finds the captain slouched in a chair. It looks like he was ripped to shreds by something. Clutched in his hand is the missing page of Drake's journal that will hopefully lead to the resting place of El Dorado. When Nate makes it back to shore, he is greeted by a man named Gabriel Roman. Now, Sully owes a lot of money to Roman and was hoping that this score would let him off the hook. Alongside Roman is Atak Navarro, Roman's lieutenant. Navarro is also an archaeologist with extensive knowledge of the region and of the statue itself. At gunpoint, Nate is forced to hand over the newly acquired map. Roman fears about the information about El Dorado to get out and attempts to shoot Nate, but Sully jumps in front of the bullet, getting shot in the chest. A dormant torpedo from the U-boat goes off, and Nate barely escapes, only to run into Elena, surprise, who welcomes him with a right hook to the face for leaving her behind. They narrowly escape Roman's henchmen and Sully's plane. Now armed with the coordinates Nate found from the U-boat, he and Elena fly to a tiny island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, somewhere south of South America and west of Africa. While approaching the coast of the island, they're heavily barraged by anti-aircraft fire that heavily damages the plane and they're forced to parachute out. Once on the ground, Nate and Elena are split up, so Nate decides to head for the remains of the downed plane, fighting mercenaries all along the way. He grabs the missing journal page with the map from the plane and sees Elena's parachute draped over a stone statue and the courtyard of a fortress that seems to be hundreds of years old. Once inside, he sees Elena recording footage off in the distance but isn't able to reach her. He scours around the fortress trying to find her, and he comes across a room with rusty swords and helmets, only this time it's not from the Spanish, but the English. He looks to the wall, and etched on it is a map of the island with a tower to the left of it that reads, Fletcher, we have gone to the Great Tower. I pray that you will meet us there. Francis Drake Nate now stands in the same place that Sir Francis Drake did. He follows the map to the tower and finds an antique telescope laying on a side table, believing it to be Drake's. The balcony opens up to a view of a port. Using the telescope, Nate sees the remains of Drake's ships at the dock of an old customs house. He's startled to see henchmen about to attack Elena, and gets knocked out from behind. He then wakes up in a cell with Elena instead coming to rescue him. Then we are finally introduced to Eddie Raja, an Indonesian treasure hunter who previously teamed up with Nate and Raja's sister Rika to find the Eye of Indra, a precious gem worth a fortune that was the central focus in the Uncharted motion comic. However, now, Raja is joining forces with Roman to find El Dorado, which obviously, makes him an adversary to Nate. He tells him that he'll spare his life if he'll lead him to the gold. But Elena breaks open the jail cell with a winch that's attached to one of the mercenaries' jeeps. They narrowly flee Raja's men by rolling the jeep off of a cliff and landing in the flooded city seen earlier through the telescope. They come across the custom house of the city 
and find a logbook with the cargo of the ships that passed through during the 16th century. They contained bars of gold, silver, emeralds, golden masks, ornaments, among other priceless artifacts. Halfway down the list, they find a log for a gold statue that's over 500 pounds. It was moved to the island on a ship named the Esperanza, coming from Peru. They flip to the next page, and it has a detailed sketch of the statue. It's covered with ornate carvings, and has the face of what looks like a demonic figure. It was the last entry in the logbook, which makes you wonder, why is there nothing after? We'll get to that soon. Nate rubs the ring on his necklace in contemplation while looking over the logbook, and Elena asks if it's somebody special. Nate explains, in a way, and that it was actually Drake's ring. There's an inscription that reads, Sic Parvis Magna, Greatness from Small Beginnings. His motto, it's dated January 29th, 1596, one day after he supposedly died. And I really feel that this is the theme for the entire series. The motto carries the narrative of each game in its own way. The date represents the untold truth of history. Sometimes, things aren't what they really seem. I think at its core, this is what Uncharted really is. This is what drives Nathan, and in a way defines his character. Always searching for his own greatness. Always searching for the truth. There are coordinates etched on the inside of the ring. Coordinates that lead off the coast of Panama. Those were the coordinates that led to Drake's coffin. Nate pockets the sketch of El Dorado, and they head off for the coast. The goal is to steal a boat and escape until Elena captures footage of Soli. Not only alive, but being escorted by Roman and Navarro. And willingly, it seems. They were headed for the mountains, so Nate and Elena decide to follow them to get some answers. The path leads to an old village where Sully is held up, and an old monastery with a couple of Roman's men. Nate takes them out and confronts Sully. He reveals that Drake's journal stopped the bullet and actually saved his life. He also explains that Roman's forcing him to help him find the treasure, since he doesn't have the map that Nate does. After they team back up, they uncover a secret passage that leads down a tunnel within the monastery, and Nate decides to see where it leads. It eventually leads outside and into a crypt that Sully and Elena are in, and one of the sarcophagi leads to, wait for it, another secret passage. Sully gets locked out, so following the tunnels, Nate and Elena stumble upon a treasure vault and see a corpse near the back. It's Sir Francis Drake himself. He died while searching for the treasure. It initially seems like they've hit a dead end, but eventually find a way through the dark tunnels. While on their way back, they spot Eddie and his men running from something. Creatures emerge from the shadows. They're not exactly human. They're mutated humans called the Descendants. They possess incredible speed and strength. Their bodies are devoid of hair. They wield large claw-like hands, have pitch-black dilated eyes, and they have bleach-white skin. Without spoiling the twist, we'll get to what they really are soon. Eddie and Nate attempt to fend off the creatures, but their numbers are overwhelming. Nate tries to save Eddie, but it's too late. He gets dragged off a cliff by one of the monsters. 
getting Swarm, Nate, and Elena run through a tunnel into a secret Nazi bunker and seal the door. Yes, that's right. I said Nazi bunker. In the dock, they spot another U-boat, which explains the one in the Amazon and why the captain seemed to be ripped to shreds. The mutations spread to the U-boat crew. While in the control room, Nate and Elena find a photograph of the El Dorado and a drawing of the customs building with a tunnel leading underneath to the vault. Nate goes off in search of the generator, all the while fending off more of the creatures along the way. It turns out the Germans stationed there were running experiments on the creatures, trying to not only understand what they were, but to enhance them in some way. Nate ultimately finds the generator, turns it on, and comes across a film reel in one of the rooms on his way out. It shows El Dorado and a man in chains who lashes out, seeming to turn into one of the creatures. A photo sits next to the projector. It depicts El Dorado in the vault with the remains of Sir Francis Drake and a German officer with a grin on its face. The Germans excavated the idol and the rest of the treasure from the vault. They leave Drake, but a letter from him lies next to the photo. It reads, My end is near. The devils hunt for me in the darkness. The gold of El Dorado bears a terrible curse. The Spaniards have unleashed hell and have become demons. My men have all been murdered, leaving the task to me alone. No ship will depart this island. I destroyed them all and drowned the cursed city. A thing of such great evil must never leave these shores. In my final hour, I commend my soul to God. May he have mercy on this unholy place. Francis Drake Turns out that Drake didn't die looking for the treasure. He discovered what it truly was. El Dorado bears a curse that turns men into devilish creatures. He died making sure that the curse wouldn't spread, locking himself in the vault with the cursed idol itself. The Germans brought it back to their bunker and conducted experiments on the mutated humans trying to learn from them and enhance them. El Dorado is a cursed treasure and Drake knew it. It seems that the Germans, Drake and Nate, are the only ones with the knowledge of what it truly is. Nate then cuts the film and heads back to the control room to meet up with Elena. When he returns, he finds that Roman and Navarro have captured her and follow the map to find El Dorado. Nate meets back up with Sully to catch up to Roman. They have El Dorado, and everyone is held at gunpoint while Roman studies the idol. Navarro exclaims that the real treasure is inside, so Roman opens it. It shows a decomposed body on the inside. The idol was actually a sarcophagus. Roman is then infected with the airborne virus and turns into one of the mutated humans before he is shot by Navarro. It actually turns out that Navarro was the mastermind all along, using Roman for his money to get to El Dorado and sell it on the black market. He takes El Dorado and Elena and escapes by helicopter. As he's leaving, Nate grabs onto the cargo net. The helicopter crashes on Navarro's ship while the two have a showdown. Nate gains the upper hand and defeats Navarro by tying him to El Dorado and sending the helicopter overboard, sending them all to the ocean floor. Sully comes over on a towboat with a chest full of treasure. Not a bad way to end a story. Non-cursed treasure, that is. They all sail off for a classic happy ending. Well, that wraps up the story for Uncharted Drake's Fortune. 
I'm new to podcasting, so any comments or criticisms would be greatly appreciated. If you would like to hear about a certain topic, feel free to suggest one in the comments. If you liked the podcast, again, you can support me at patreon.com slash thelorexplorer. All the support goes into approving the show. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time.